This teaching is brought to you by Christian Family Church International. Praise the Lord, everybody. I'm so excited to be able to share this message with you tonight. And a big thank you to Apostle Theo and Dr. Bear for allowing me to do this. Can we bow our heads for a moment? Precious Father, I just thank you, Lord, for this time that we can have in your word. And thank you, Lord God, that you carry this word into the hearts of every single person, that we all confusion is removed, Father God, and that you, Father, would, would really impart in our hearts that which you have for us today by the power of your spirit. Holy Spirit, I rest in you and rely on you and thank you that you are the teacher and I give myself completely to you that you would teach this message to us tonight in Jesus mighty name everyone said amen well family I'm really excited about a series which is called it's complicated but it doesn't have to be Right. And in week one, I mean, Dr. Johnny brought us this great message about sexuality and the five lies that we, we hear in, in, in the Garden of Eden, and it was like a PG-13, so if you missed that, you really want to go back onto the messages and listen to it. It's exciting. Last week, Dr. Andre brought us this simple but like really difficult to do message about um, kind of serving and dying, right? Um, and really in our Christianity, that is something that we, we do. And in our relationships, it's critical that, that we do learn to, to live that kind of life. And next week, just a bit of a heads up, we're going to be hearing this great message, which is called How to Heal Toxic Relationships. And Pastor Greg is going to bring, bring in that to us. And really, it's just a great message for all of us to hear. Also, the conclusion of the series, so you really don't want to miss that. So tonight, what are we going to be talking about is really an area that you probably wouldn't have thought was part of a relationship series, but really is one of these things that complicates our relationship so much, especially in marriage, and it is issues around money. Now, studies show that really there are three main reasons that people get divorced, and one of them is incompatibility, the other one is infidelity. And then the last one, believe it or not, what the top reasons, right, is money issues. It's a big deal. So family, really, I want to bring this message to you. And and I'm asking you right now, please don't put all the walls up and just listen to this through fresh ears tonight, because really, I want to give you one of the greatest secrets of living a peaceful life. Would you allow me to do that? So we're going to read a a verse out of Haggai. Okay, This is what the Lord Almighty says, and we've kind of been using this as a thesis throughout this whole series. He says, give careful thought to your ways. Right? In other words, he's saying think about your life, especially if it's not working out right. Give careful thought to how you are living your life. Because a bunch of you, you feel like you're working hard. It says you're planting much. There's a lot of effort going into it, but you're harvesting little. So there's not a whole lot more to show for it. You eat, but you never have enough. And it's just like there's something missing. He carries on and he says this. He says, you drink, but you never have your fill. You put on clothes, but you're never warm. You earn wages. And gee, isn't this a theme message for a whole bunch of us, right? You earn wages, but you put it in a purse with holes in it. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Maybe rethink this. Maybe rethink about how you're living your life. A family really... I just want to share some principles with you tonight and, and really um, 
some things that happened in my life now. It was my work anniversary on the, on, the, on the 1st of June. I've been with the church for 22 years in the finance department. And I want to tell you something. I've seen God do some phenomenal things in that time. And I really give him glory for it. And I have learned a lot. And, and I would love to just share some of these things with you. But, you know, I must tell you something that sometimes when we bring these messages, it's almost like people are like, ah, oh. <laughs> And I'm going to show you in a moment why that is. But it's like, you know, just be careful there. Just back off. You're touching something that's very sensitive to me. And, and I'll be honest with you, family, we avoid messages like this. We really do. I mean, other than those four-minute faith builders that we share with you before the offering message, we really do not teach about this message as much as the Bible tells us to. Amen? Why? In actual fact, I can tell you, not even close. Why is that? Because we can feel the resistance. You can seriously feel it. So really, I'm appealing to you today. Please just listen to it. Hear me out, okay? Stay till the end of the message. And I'm telling you, the Lord is going to bless you. He's going to show you some things to, tonight. And then, even then, if you don't like the trailer, come back next week. Pastor Greg is going to be sharing on a completely different subject. So that's all fine with you. So I really want to just give you a little bit of background of my life. I, I kind of had to buy into financial principles at a very, very young age, um, what had happened is, let me just give you a bit of background once again. My parents grew up kind of through that post-war recession period. And um, my mother, I'm telling you, she could stretch a buck like I've never seen in my life before. My dad didn't have a great education, and, and he, he had to learn a trade, and we were four siblings. And, and I can tell you something. I mean, my mom would prepare a meal for a king out of just about nothing. I just, I don't know how she did that, really. And she made most of our clothes. And we learned at a very, very early on that you, you didn't get what you wanted when you wanted it. You kind of had to wait. It was just kind of how it was. But here's what I found out. I found out you can live well on a little bit of money if you have good stewardship. Now, I mean, when I was a teeny bopper, I had a job. I wanted to go on holiday with my schoolmates. And my dad said, okay, you go ahead, but I'm not paying for it. So I had to get a job. And it just so happened that this kind of casual job of mine, they offered me a full-time position when I finished my schooling. <laughs> I was earning a pittance. And even with that little bit of money that I took home, I still gave half of that to mom and dad. But I was so determined that when I turned 18, I would own my own car. And I saved. And it took me more than a year just to get the deposit together. But when I was 18, I bought my car. Then I had to learn about debt management. And my dad, he gave me a key ring. But I'm telling you, family, I'm so grateful to the Lord for this because it is so, so important. And when we get it wrong, it causes so many problems. And honestly, there are few areas, actually, in our lives that cause as many complications as money issues. So it doesn't really matter how old you are, whether you're married, whether you're not married, whether you've got children, whether you, you don't have children, whether you've got a job, whether you're running a business. I mean, money issues are important. Important. Amen. So I just want you to think about this once again to bring balance about what is it that, what about the Bible? Okay. Consider these things. Jesus talked about money twice as much as he did than heaven and hell. Do you know that 16 out of 38 parables of the Lord Jesus Christ was to do with money and possessions? There's about 500 verses in the Bible on prayer and faith. There are over 2,000 on money and possessions. Why? Why is that? And really, if you hear nothing else to, tonight, it's important to know that 
It's spiritual. It's not as unspiritual as you think it is. Jesus said, actually, one of the most powerful truths in Scripture, in Matthew chapter 6, we read this, for Jesus said, where your treasure is, your heart is going to follow. So in other words, wherever your treasure is, that is where your heart's going to go. Man, and when we get it wrong, let me tell you, we, it messes up everything. It messes up your whole life. That's just the way it is. And let me tell you right now, there is nothing more that God wants than your heart. Let me put it this way. There is nothing more that your spouse wants than your heart. There is nothing more than your children wants than your heart. And I want to tell you, when, when, when this goes in the wrong direction, right, then your heart's going to follow that. I mean, and I'm telling you, family, I'm convinced that there's like a nerve that goes from your heart and it goes straight through to your wallet. And if you think I'm kidding, let me just ask you this question. Okay, if I had to say to you right now, God told me that you need to give me a thousand rand right now, <laughs> how would you feel? And if I said to you right now, no, sorry, sorry, I got that wrong. God told me I must give you a thousand rand right now. How would you feel? Are you with me? So we've got it, right? So there's this connection to your heart. And man, when you get it wrong, okay, it just messes up your whole life. And that's the thing, and it's, that's why, family, it gets complicated, and it's so important that we get it right. Jerome Liberty makes this amazing statement. He says, some problems come because of a lack of money, others because of too much money, but most problems come because of a wrong relationship with money. Billy Graham says it this way. He says, if a person gets their attitude towards money straight, it will help straighten out almost every other area of their lives. It straightens out the rest of the thing. Why? The question is why? Why is money so complicated? And this is what you need to hear, because it is spiritual. Family, and, and that's what I want you to hear. And when we start looking at it more spiritually, rather than naturally, we're going to be like removing a, a whole big complication out of our lives. And really, that's what I want for you. Now, now, we as a church, we, we're very aware of this, this responsibility of really being custodians of God's money. And we decided that we're going to posture ourselves in such a way that we want to create a way, family, that honestly, we, I don't have to stand behind this pulpit thinking that tomorrow, depending on your offering, what can I pay and who am I not going to pay and are we going to have enough for, for the salaries? And, and I can tell you something, many, many years ago, we were there. And we never want to go back there again. I can tell you that. And, and I would probably talk very differently if that was the case. And if you've been on step one of our growth track, you would know the financial governance that we have over this church. Amen? And what we do now is we plan ahead. And that's the reason. I mean, we were able to refurbish our entire mall area without doing a single fundraiser, Right? Now, I know there are many people that just spontaneously became part of that, and we want to thank you for that, but we didn't lean on that. Amen? Family, I want you to know my heart here. I want this for you. I want this for you. Now, Jesus makes this amazing statement in the book of Luke, in Luke 16, and you've heard this before, that no servant can serve two masters. He's either going to hate the one and love the other, or he's going to be loyal to the one and despise the other. And look what he says here. I mean, this is amazing. He says, you cannot serve. He says, there are choices, two choices. You cannot serve both God and mammon. 
Now, mammon is actually kind of a, an old English word. It really didn't exist in the English language. In theology, it's called a transliteration. Okay, it means that the Bible sort of came up with a word, an English word, from the original Greek. And the original Greek word is marmonus. And what marmonus means is it means it was a Syrian god. It was a Syrian god of riches. Okay? So I want to tell you, family, for a lot of us, it's kind of like the Syrian god of riches has sown confusion, right? Because Babylon is where it comes from, and that means sown in confusion. Now, really, we do not want the Syrian god of riches to sow confusion into our lives. And unfortunately, we see it in operation in some of our families. And again, family, there's nothing I want more for you than to get the confusion off of your lives, out of your budgets. I want that complication out of your life. Amen. So this mammon, this mammon God is a spirit from the devil, and it lies to you. And it says that it has this kind of power and, and these kind of promises. But I want you to know tonight that only God, Emily, listen to me, only God can bless your life. Come on, give me an amen there. Only God can bless your life. I'm going to show this to you. And I mean, this is actually quite funny and <laughs> very sad at the same time. There was a book that came out in America that was called The Day America Told the, Tru the, the Truth. And they put this question out there. They said, what would you be willing to do for $10 million? I can see your minds going as well. <laughs> but I'm telling you, when you see these responses, you're going to see how the spirit of mammon is on the, on America's life. So here's, here's the, the first one, okay? They said 25% of them said they would abandon their entire family. You, you can have them. You give me 10 million bucks? See, I wouldn't want to be here. <laughs> okay? Goodness me. 23% of them would become a prostitute for a week or more. I mean, talk about selling your soul. 10% of them, sorry, 16% of them would give up their American citizenship. 10% of them would withhold testimony and so allowing a murderer to go totally free. I know, right? Listen to the next one. 7% would actually kill somebody, become a murderer themselves. Talk about the wrong spirit on a person's life. 3% of them would put their children up for adoption. I know what some of you are thinking. I'll do that for free. You can have them. Actually, I'll pay you. No, okay. I'm just joking. Naughty pastor. But that's disturbing. How money and literally the spirit behind it has lied to people. And family, you want those lies out of your life, out of your marriage, so desperately that you would walk in the peace of God's spirit, not the devil's spirit on this part of your life. Amen? So we can expose the lies. I'm going to give you three lies that we're going to expose, and then we're going to be looking at the truth, right? So the first lie is this, that having more money will make me more secure. Okay, there's even actually like a little phrase for that. It speaks about becoming financially secure. So can I just tell you something that there's actually no such thing? I mean, there's no such thing as becoming financially secure. And if Steve Jobs was still around, I would say ask him, but he actually died at the prime of his life. And before he died, he said this. He said, I've got all this money. I've attained all this life. And if I had known that I was going, my life would be ending so soon, 
that I was going to die so early in life. I would have lived my life differently. I would have handled my money differently. Why? Because he thought if I had accumulated it, he would be okay. Family, the Proverbs talks about this. It says that the wealth of the rich, and notice the word that it uses here, it's their fortified city. They say they feel like there's this wall of protection around them. Now look at the next word that it says here. It says they imagine it. Why do they imagine it? Because family, it's simply not true. You get that? They imagine this, this wall is too high to scale and that if I just get enough of it, I will be secure. And it's just not true. Family, and, and I always say this, if you've got that mindset, you've actually do the spirit of mammon here and you, you're grabbing for protection to something that cannot protect you. Are you, are you listening to me, family? And that's the reason that the Bible tells us in, in Hebrews, do the opposite of that. You know, to keep your lives free from the love of money, not just money, but the love of it, and to be content with what you have because God says, and somebody needs to listen to this to, tonight, you've got to receive this for, then more than your head. Put this in your heart today. God said, never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. Now, when you really believe that, you can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. And I, listen, family, say this with me. I will, I will not be afraid. Say it again, I will not be afraid. Now, there's, there's a lot of things that can put fear in our lives. Family, we know that. And we know that the fear that comes from the enemy, I'm telling you, will get us grabbing at artificial means of security that can never secure you. The Bible carries on. It says, what can mere man, mortal man, do to me? And we combat this lie of mammon with the Spirit of God and the Word of God. The second one is this. The things that I own define who I am. And people are like, man, if I can just have more, people will love me more, they'll listen to me more, you know, uh, that kind of thing. Well, Jesus once again says the opposite of this. In, in the book of Luke, he says, beware God against any kind of greed because your life is not measured by how much you own. It can't make you happy. In fact, Ecclesiastes says this. It says, those who love it think they can actually bring purpose and identity and happiness, happiness to your life actually never have enough. How absurd to think that wealth can bring true happiness. And by the way, do you want to know what, what brings, what real happiness in life is about? And, and if you're looking for that today, you want to know who the happiest people are? They're not the wealthiest. They're not the, have a look at what it says here in Romans. It says, happy are those whose sins are forgiven. Happy are those whose wrongs are pardoned. Happy is the person whom the Lord does not consider guilty. That's us, family. That's us. So here's the third lie. Okay, I'm going to give you three. The third lie is, oh, let me get back here. My stuff belongs to me. Okay, now this is a principle that my dad taught me, that my stuff doesn't belong to me. My stuff really has been given to me by God, and I am merely a steward of what he's given us. And I'm telling you, family, that simply means that, that Stuart means to manage, okay? Now, if we see ourselves not as 
owners, but as managers, accountable to God, let me tell you, we will handle our things very differently. You have no idea how real the fear of God is in my life. Not fear, trembling, but really that reverence, holy reverence of who God is. And we need to tap into the fear of the Lord. And I can assure you that the leadership of this ministry, we tap into this healthy fear of the Lord because we're very aware of the fact that we stand before God for your souls, for your marriages, for your lives, for the finances that you have worked so hard for that you have entrusted to God. Family, I want to tell you, I, I praise the Lord that my dad said to me, man, I owe you nothing. You go out there and get a job. And I had to learn how to, to manage finances at a young age. We are not owners. We are, we are just stewards of our life. I used to say to my children, the life that you live is a gift from God. What you do with it is, is really your gift to him. Because everything that we have comes from him. Have a look at what it says in, in First Chronicles. It says, praise be to you, O Lord God of our Father Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. Yours is the greatness. Yours is the kingdom. Everything belongs to you. You are Lord over all. Wealth and honor didn't come from me working in a job when I'd rather be doing fun stuff. It came from you. Now, family, that mindset changes everything. Are you listening to me, family? I just really want to help you here, just trying to get the confusion out of our lives. Amen? Okay, so there's one main principle when it comes to uncomplicating money, and I really want to teach that to you today. And once again, I'm saying, family, just stay with me through this. I, I promise you, you're going to see something here today you haven't seen before. So the one main principle of uncomplicating money is simply that we want to put God first. And we see this in Leviticus 27. It says, a tenth of all your produce is the Lord's, it is holy. And I believe that with all of my heart. And I live my life as a testimony of this. Now, really, we see the scripture beautifully unpacked, really, in, in the book of Malachi. And I'm going to go that in a, as, as, a, as a, a wrap up. But really, if you know the book of Malachi, you'll see that there's four chapters. And really, it's, it's an amazing book because it's where Israel is complaining that God had left, okay, it really had got complicated. It's just like, it was really bad. Imagine that God was like nowhere to be found. <laughs> I mean, they, in these four chapters, what we see here is we saw four things that they did that actually kicked God out. Can you imagine that? In the, the first chapter, God is like, you know what, I'm offended. Because even when you worship me, you're not giving me your best. I mean, you're bringing me, me animals that are, are crippled and, and blind, and, and you are going to kill them anyway. And in chapter 2, he talks about our relationship, and he says, I can't bless you. You're going to treat your spouse that way. I just can't do it. And then he says, he says, you've put yourself in a position where you stepped out from under this. In chapter 3, he deals with our possessions and, and our money, and he says, I am the Lord. And I'm going to ask you just to catch the areas here that I've highlighted, okay? He says, I do not change ever since the time of your ancestors. And, and here it is. You thought there was a better way to do it. Like you figured out the, another way of doing this thing, family. Now really, watch this. It says, you turned from my decrees and you have not kept them. And he says, return to me. And, and really, that's what I'm asking you to do today, family. Because just watch this, okay? It says of here, 
it really is important that we, that we see what God is doing here. He says, return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord. But you ask, how will we return? And then God says, will a mere mortal rob God? Or will you rob, rob? And he says, yet you rob me. And they say, how are we robbing you? And he says, in tithes and in offerings, you are under a curse. Now let's, let's notice this. God didn't curse them. They cursed themselves. They got out from under his covering. You see that? The whole nation, because you're robbing me. And then he says this. He says, bring the whole tithe. And, and I want you to watch this language. I love this word. He speaks about the storehouse. You know that the church really is where we receive our spiritual food. And the church is not supposed to be that place that's just getting by, family. It really is. God is very specific about where the tithe should go. So this concept of a storehouse is really something that we're trying to model. And that is really that you don't have to spend 100% of what we receive. We don't have to live like that, that you just spend everything you get. And notice what he says over here. He says, there has to be food in my house. Some translations say, my temple. Right? And are you not the temple of the Holy Spirit? I mean, that food is spiritual food that we receive when we come to it. It's revelation of the word that we receive when we, come, when we, we were at church. And really, as tithers, it doesn't even matter who is teaching the word of God. We are guaranteed of receiving food, revelation, spiritual nutrition from the word of God. So we see here that the church is the storehouse. Then there needs to be food in the house. And he says, test me in this. And you're going to have to, because you never know until you do. Like, we really need to do this. You see, and you need to know, family, I want this for you so badly, right? This is what he says over here. He says, I will throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing. And I'm not even just talking about financial blessing. I'm talking about way more than that. And I can tell you something, that we don't, we don't give to get. We give to give. And I can tell you something, when we give, God blesses us. I've been tithing since I was a young girl. And I can tell you that the blessing of the Lord rests over my life. Just because of that. And then he goes on to say that he will prevent the pest from devouring your crops. And your vines in your field will not drop their fruit because before it's ripe, says the Lord Almighty. And actually, your friends in your streets, okay, that's just the New Jenny translation, will call you blessed. They're going to look at you and say, my goodness, what is it that you're doing? How is it that you guys are so connected? You're such a great family together. And you can say, I'm living in a fruitful land. I'm living under the Spirit of God. I'm living in the covenant of God. Family, that's what God intended for us. So I'm just saying again, there are three things today that I just want you to hear, okay? This really so important. This is things that I always get asked. And I'm sure that you as tithers, that you, you've been asked the same question, and I'm going to answer those questions for you today, and you're going to be blessed. The first thing is, isn't tithing an Old Testament law? Okay? And I've got news for you. You're right. It's a law. You do not have to do it. So there you go. Be free in the Old Testament. It was a law that they had to do. And here in the New Testament... It's not something we have to do. It's something we get to do. But let me tell you this. The principle anywhere predates the law. And by the way, not everything in the law you throw out. Like murder's in the law. So what you're going to do, you're going to go, bang. <laughs> you know, I'm in the New Testament, you can't touch me. 
right? You can't do that. You just can't do that. Here's what I do know, that timing communicates that God is first, and that is the reason that we tithe, and that's why it matters, family. Have a look at here. I want you to hear this. The first four words of the Bible, these are four words that we really can build our lives around. This is so important. Okay, what are the first four words? In the beginning, God. In the beginning, God. So what does that mean? I mean, that means that you put God first in your year, 21 days of prayer. You put God first in your month. Amen? When you do your budget, he is first. You put God first in your week. That's why we come to church. You put God first in your day. Family, you are not going to leave home without putting your armor on. Amen? In the beginning, God. Family, we can live by that. Repeat that after me right now. In the beginning, God. Amen? Now, really, it's a great life's lesson, the first four words of the Bible. And that's why it's also first of the Ten Commandments. In Exodus 20, essentially what he's saying is this, is he's saying, I'm not asking you to have other things. So I'm not really saying that you, you mustn't have a heart, a, a boat, and you mustn't have a Holly Davidson, you mustn't have nice clothes, and ladies, you mustn't have a, a Gucci handbag. Help yourself. Do it. It's not a problem. Okay? All he's saying is, is do not have that before me. That's what it is. This tithing communicates that God is first. That's why we do it. He's got to know that, family. In Deuteronomy, this is what it says. The purpose of tithing is to teach that God has first place in my life. Amen? So here's the next thing that I hear. I can't afford to tithe. Anybody heard that before? Well, I would say, exactly. Of course you can't. You can't until you do. And that's what God says. He says, test me in this. Why did he have to say, test me in this? Because you're going to be afraid to. You really are. Tithing is a test of our faith. And you know, because you don't know what the rest of the month is going to look like, right? But he said that we've got to put him first, and tithing does that. Amen? And I'm saying this right now. Some of you guys need to stop living such predictable Christian lives. It's time that we lived our lives by faith again. And God says, watch, I will show you. Now, here's the last one, okay? The church doesn't need my money. And that's kind of not relevant because we don't bring our tithe to the church. We give it to God, amen? But family, I'm saying to you right now that Jesus said, God said very, very clearly, there needs to be food in his house, right? And I need you to hear this. There needs to be food in the house of God, and I'm, I'm going to say this again. Let us lead this way. Let us lead where there are no needs. Let us lead in a way that we have the vision to do things, right? Let there be food in the house of God. So when there are children that are hungry in schools, we can respond. When there are missionaries that need to go out there, we can respond. When there are people who are in need, that we can go and help build shelters like we have in, in Swaziland. When people are hurting and suicidal, that we've got counsel ready for them. When we need to start new ministries to get the, the gospel to people who are desperate for the word, that we can do that. And God forbid that we don't have to stop everything and do an offering first but that we can respond immediately. 
family. So where do we, you need to know that we are putting your money in places that are changing people's lives. And tithing allows the church to do the work of the Lord. It needs to be full in Jesus' name. So I want to break fear tonight. I want to break independence. I want to break any kind of doubt. I'm going to break all of that stuff off of your lives. I'm cursing it right out of your marriages. And devil, I'm telling you, you get your hands off of our families in the name of Jesus. And this area of complications, this area of finances, God, I just pray right now that you bring us back to the truth of your word. Now, family, I want to just pray a blessing over you. Someone asked you just to raise your hands, just close your eyes for a moment. And my God, I just pray. I pray that there'll be no pests that devour the lives of our people, that there'll be no sickness, that there's no disease. And I thank you, Father, that we live in a fruitful land. We thank you, Father, that even our neighbors and our family members are going to look at us and say, what happened to you? And we can say, God, we are so blessed. We are under the blessing of Almighty God. And Father, we just thank you that we know you want our hearts. And so we commit to you today that our hearts are going to be connected to you. And thank you, Father. That's why we give to you. And that's why we love you. Father, I just want to pray that you would just speak to every single person right now. And I want to ask you right there, family, just where you are, just close your eyes and, and just receive from the Holy Spirit. Just say to him, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me right now? And what does this mean to me? I'm asking you, you don't have to listen to me, but listen to what God says to you tonight. Thank you, Jesus. We have four kinds of people in this ministry, and you need to just know that we have people that have been tithing regularly on everything. And I want to thank you for your faithfulness. We have people that have tithed and then they've stopped. And we have people that tithe and then they don't tithe. And then we have people that have never tithed. And I want to just pray tonight that you would allow God to show you that He is well able to take care of you. Right now, family, I want to just give you an opportunity to really just act on this message. Next week is the end of the month again, so you may say, listen, I can't tithe, I haven't been paid yet. I get that. Okay, but this is a great time just to really allow God to do what He wants to do through your life. So right now on your screen, all of the methods of payments are coming up, whether it's Zappa, EFT, or direct giving. And let me just also say that we are, our finance team are here during the week between Monday and Thursday. So if you would like to even bring your tithe to the storehouse, you're very welcome to do that. And we want to just thank you so much for, for your faithfulness in giving to the gospel. And would you just say this after me right now? Just say this, just say, Lord, thank you for this great privilege of being able to give back to you. We give because we love you and we put you first. Amen, family. I did, I know that I did promise him, and why are you doing all that? I, I, get, I promise to give you a word tonight, and really, I do believe that this is for more than one person, that really you've been praying for it, God. And, and the Lord really has put in your heart that He has something better for you. And God is saying to you that you're asking me for a job, but I have actually called you to create jobs. 
And, and there are people ready that are wanting something that you can do and you know what that is. Something that, that, that people need. And let me just add this, there was a man actually that really had nothing and he started washing cars in, in an office block. And shortly afterwards the block next door said, please come and wash cars for us as well. And, and he grew that business to where now he's landed the contract to wash the planes at the airport worth a fortune. So I'm saying to you, it may seem something menial, but you just do what God has shown you to do. And right now, family, I want to ask you if you would just, I want to ask you just to bow your eyes, bow your heads, close your eyes with me, okay? I, I really want to, to just pray with you. And I want you to think about this. You know, some of you have really been in the wrong place. Your, your hearts have kind of been on other things. You know, I mean, we all have loves, but you know, you have had loves which are above God. And what Christianity really is, is not joining a church as much as we would love you to join us, but Christianity is reordering your life where God is your first love. And that's it. And that's what salvation is. Salvation is when you reorder the list, where you put God, not just on it, but at the top of it. And, and if you would like to do that today, I want to pray for you. I want to pray right there where you are. And you want Jesus to be the Lord of your life today. And you, you want to be sure that you're going to heaven. And you, you want to reorder your life again. Putting God on top of your list. I want you to say this after me right now. Say, God, today I am reordering my life. It's out of order. You've been in it, but now I'm putting you on the top of my life in everything. Say this, you are my God. I will praise you. I will serve you. I will follow you. Forgive me for going my own way. Come and live inside of me. Give me the power to live a life that I'm totally dedicated to you. You are my God. I believe Jesus is the Son of God. He died for me. He rose again. And today, I make you, Lord Jesus, Lord of my life. Amen. Family, if you pray that for you today, we are so excited for you. And we are asking you, really, if you can just, just let us know, if you can just SMS save to 44991 so that we know that you joined us, or you can just put it somewhere that you got saved today. Let me tell you, all of heaven is celebrating because of this amazing decision that you've made tonight. And we are so excited for you. So thank you for being a part of this today. And we just love you so much, family. This church loves you. God loves you. We want to wish you just the very, very best in life. God has the greatest blessings for you. And tomorrow, 8 o'clock, we are going to be praying together. So we will see you there. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerans. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerans and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com.